Hello, you. Graham Norton here. We've got some lovely stuff for you on the Graham Norton Waitrose podcast. Barry Kogan pops in to tell me about the brand new drama series Masters of the Air, which is available on Apple TV+. Show chef Martha has a crumble, custard included. And there's a round of word up. But first, Maria McCurlin is solving another set of your dilemmas in Graham's Guide. <gasps> here she is now. Wake up, wake up. Oh, here I am again. Good morning, Graham. Morning, how are you? Windy. Oh, no, I'm not windy. I'm not windy. No, that would be too much too soon. Yeah. Um, but exterior, wind. But it's nice that it's not so cold. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I must remember to take my pot plants in because they blow down my twitten. Dear. That sounds like a, a euphemism as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I need to talk to you about one thing. I know this is a first world problem, but can I just say, moths, last year got it together froze all my nice cashmere jumpers, froze them in the freezer, which is what you meant to do. Why are you looking so... <laughs> and then put them all in moth-free bags. Yeah. Put them away for the summer and just got them out, thinking, oh, moths. Holes everywhere. How? They're like cockroaches. They will survive a nuclear well, blast. I would say... <laughs> you say, well, like you're going to well, tell me the I, answer. I would say you didn't leave them in the freezer for long enough. 24 hours. Well, that obviously wasn't long enough. <laughs> How long does it take to freeze a moth egg? Well, uh, more Questions than Questions I that. didn't think I would ask this morning. Yeah. But also maybe, because you know the thing with the bed bugs, yes. the bed bugs can lay dormant for years uh, with no food, no nothing. And then it... It's very like me yeah, in that but, respect. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and then suddenly they're back. Well, I mean, it's pointless us trying to wage a war against these That's, creatures. I think you've said a real truth there, Maria. <laughs> it's pointless. It's pointless. Because you just entered some <clears throat> holes in your jumpers. I always got to think, wear them. You can either wear them and go, I love this jumper and I don't care there's a hole in it. Yeah. Or you can throw the jumper away. Yeah. There, there, that's the end. I know, but, you know, cashmere is spendy. It is. It's all right for you, disposable clothes, Well, but... no, but I think if you're going to spend that amount of money on, on something, you've got to, you know, that's them the risks. Yeah. You know, whereas you buy it's, something cheap it's... as chips, the moth is going, I'm not eating that. <laughs> what, yeah. that? I think it's polypropylene all the way from here on in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's stuff where I have to stand away from fires. That's where I'm going. No more cashmere for me. Um, I just have a recommendation for... You. Yes. I mean, on the televisual. Sundays, oh, it's, it's we, not, Sundays we normally do. We're not do. putting our jumpers in the freezer no, anymore. No, no, it's okay. nothing to do with moths. I'm finished with moths now and they've yeah. finished with me. Or have they? No, they haven't. No, they're they, full. <laughs> they're full right now and they're going, oh, it's lovely here. My freezer is going to be full later, <laughs> let me tell you, and it won't be full of food. Um, I watched Netflix um, Sky, uh, Sly, not Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I watched lots of television, uh, Graham. Uh, prime video. Sly, it's about Sly Stallone. Oh, yes. And it's very melancholic and it's very regretful and it's very touching. He's, you know, he's a much deeper thinker than I, I think, certainly I, gave him credit for. Yeah. He talks about, <clears throat> this is this kind of struck me. me. No, yes, he talks about you quite a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. All, all bad. Um, <laughs> he talks about having got a success with Rocky, which he really struggled, struggled, struggled. They didn't want to cast him because nobody could understand him, etc. And he said, no, if you give me the money for the film, I won't make it. But he made it. And then instant fame. It was instant fame. And then he said, with fame, which is what he'd struggled for for a long time, with fame, it doesn't just come like that, like sunshine. There's a storm that comes with it. Uh, and the storm is about how precarious it is up there and and the need to stay there because once you get famous, you've got to stay famous, obviously. And he said, and the air is very thin up there. 
and it's also very lonely. And I mean, I was thinking, God, you know, because he's written a lot of films. I don't know whether they've been great or yeah. whatever, but, he, you know, he's a thinker and a writer and a grafter. But I, it's only sort of an hour and 20 minutes long. I really enjoyed it. But I think for him, his fame was so specific you know, in that he was famous for that one thing, uh, like being a boxer. Da, da, da. Whereas I think if an actor, just any old actor, like Brad Cooper or somebody, yeah, yeah. You, you know, then it's about choosing your projects and da, 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 mm. being good in everything. But for him... He like, had to make his own projects. Yeah. And, it wasn't just Rocky, of course, it was then Rambo. Yes, because he looked so specific and sounded so specific yeah uh, so it was going to be harder for him so I imagine it was more precarious up there whereas I think most people can kind of coast once they get up there a lot of those big stars like you know George Clooney Brad Pitt I don't yeah. think they worry in the same way that he no, worried he knew that it was really only ever going to be himself that was providing the work and he's carried on you know he tried comedy that didn't really work out a lot yeah. of other films that have bombed he's on Rocky Six or whatever and sadness in his life that's what I got from that and I I enjoyed him more than I enjoyed Schwarzenegger. Well, I must say, he's done the chat show a couple of times. And oh, then has I, he? Did you like him? I, I did. And then I met him. I did a launch of Paramount Plus. And, uh, and it was, you know, the streaming service. And they spent a lot of money. And they flew in all these American stars. And, you know, American stars were just getting on stage going, going, uh, my show, I play uh, a woman who... Da, 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 Here's a taste of my show. And then they show a clip. And uh, and Sylvester Stone was in the wings, just going nuts. He's going, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong? Sell your show. Sell it. Sell it. And he got up and he sold his show. He was hilarious. He went totally off script. He was just brilliant. Of course, I can't remember what the name of the show was now, but I did watch something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you can't remember that either. <laughs> no, no. He sold it. That's, that story kind of petered out, didn't it? <laughs> That's not one for the chat show. <laughs> oh, you are the chat show host. You yeah. can say whatever you like. Exactly. Virgin Radio. I'm going to read you, whether you like it or not, a problem. OK. Which I hope you will help resolve. Dear Graham and Maria, I've been living in one house share after another in my adult life, saving for a house and becoming increasingly pessimistic about the reality of the housing market and what I could actually afford to buy. I'd like to buy somewhere on my own and I think I could just about scrape a deposit together, but I'd definitely have to move away from where I live as it's far too expensive for my budget. I'm on a reasonable salary, but I don't expect I'll be earning any more soon. I don't want to leave my friends, life and family behind, but I also want a place to call my own. How can I make this compromise? Is there any advice you can give me or any places... Oh, good. State agents now. Or any places that could give me more information about buying property without putting myself under a serious amount of financial pressure? I feel completely in the dark. And that is from Sonia in Guildford. Well, Sonia in Guildford, if you're thinking of buying a house, you need to get out of the dark quite quickly and into the light and find out everything you possibly can. One thing I will say, it sounds like your life is quite nice. I know sharing with people is... But you have friends, you have family, you have life. And so what happens is, you know, you go home to sleep and you do occasional dinner parties with your flatmates. Um, on your own, you are exactly that, on your own. You're responsible for everything. So if the roof goes on your house or flat or whatever, or if the heating conks out, you've got to find the money. So that thing of I can just about scrape together the deposit, you've got mortgage repayments to pay, 
Interest rates are very up and down. We don't know what's going on with that. I would just say, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Sonia. It just feels like you're really pushing for this, but you don't really believe you want it. And I'm and I'm thinking maybe it's not right for you anyway, because if you are living miles from all your people, then you're on your own in a flat. You go, ah, oh, I've got my own space. Oh, I'm so lonely. Yes, there's that. and But she knows that. Yeah. that that's her problem. Yeah. I would say, Sonia, what you want to do is get on the ladder. That's what she wants to do. You want to get on the ladder. So why doesn't she... Would that she, be the property ladder? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't she buy something she can afford, yeah. somewhere she can afford, yeah. and rent it out? OK. So you're looking ahead now. So I'm saying she's got that. Then, you know, with a fair wind, Sonia, you might make a bit of profit on that one. And then you could buy something closer to where you want to live and you could live in it. Yes. But you know when you're desperate to move out of your house share, that doesn't feel but, like... But a that, very that, good... well, that isn't going to happen. No. But it sounds a bit Kirsty Orsop. I know we were just mentioning her. It sounds a bit Kirsty Orsop <laughs> to say invest somewhere, you know, in some... Run-down area of Guildford. Is there such a thing? No, no. It's all been developed. Okay, every inch of it. So invest in a shoebox then, and and then take the rent, which will pay your rent, and wait a while. I mean, Sonia doesn't say how old she is. All her adult life, she's probably about seventy or something. Isn't she? <laughs> well, then I wouldn't bother. You're only going to live in it for ten years, if that. Uh, then there'll be another little box for you. It won't cost anything. Well, you uh, oh, Sonia, I, I look. I remember when I was kind of in my thirties, thinking, I'll, I, I, you know, it seemed impossible that I would ever, ever own a house. That, that just seemed impossible. Um, so at least I would say what Sonia has is she's got a deposit. And she's got a regular income. And, you know, and, and she describes it as reasonable, a reasonable salary. So you've got a regular income and you've got a deposit. So you can do this, but it's kind of up to you, Sonia, how much you want to do it. I think that's the key, really. I think, from what I'm hearing, you kind of think this would be a great idea, but I don't really want to change my life. And your life will change because those responsibilities that come with being a home owner are sometimes onerous because of the... Mm, because the, the, the boiler breaks down. I think it's really... Your, your problem is you live in an expensive place. Yeah, and it's about mentality. I would say... Make friends in poorer areas, I would say. Enjoy your yeah. life. I would say enjoy your life and your friends and your family. You know, in other countries, we're so kind of like mad about owning property in this country. But in other places like Germany and Switzerland, they just rent. They rent all their lives and there's not a problem and somebody else has to deal with all the trauma that goes with home ownership. When you're on a quite a tight budget, that it's in a variable interest rate world, you know, that would be too much of a worry, I think. But then renting's really stressful, particularly in London now, and I imagine in Guildford as well, Mm. because, you know, rents are crazy, there's very little stock. So it's, you know... None of it's good. I think if Sonia wants to get on the housing ladder, she can obviously do it. So do it. Mm-hmm. And and also, if it's miserable, if you if you if you if you do decide to live in the place you bought and you're miserable, you're like wherever it is, it's not gonna be on the moon. Like it's gonna be <laughs> you, you can still get to There's Guildford. No up there. Yeah, yeah. I now live in the Outer Hebrides. Yeah. Also the I season, can afford a one bedroom up here. The season <laughs> ticket to the moon is really prohibitively <laughs> expensive, Graham. But I just think, you know, you won't be that far away. You'll no. still be able to see your friends because you work all day and then you'll go home and you'll sit in your lovely new flat that you love that's yours. 
and painting it and putting up shelves and, and thinking, nesting. Oh, I, I didn't notice how cold this house was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that my heating bill? What about this, um, Sonia from Guildford? This is my final thought okay. on the matter. It's um, to contact... There are state agencies that deal specifically in probate houses where somebody has died and normally those houses haven't been touched for some time so they're doer-uppers and they need a lot of work. And they're normally priced a little bit too much for builders. But once you get that, you can then do it up by bit bit by bit. That can be your project because you won't have any money to go out yeah. at all and you will get on the ladder. So look for those estate agents that deal in probate. That would and be And may I recommend... Yeah, Homes under the hammer. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Sonia with a Y in Guildford. That's being taken off. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's on iPlayer. You they can... want a younger audience. <laughs> they don't want but, you anymore. But, but Sonia's only 70. <laughs> <laughs> Dad responses, part one. And my favourite responders today will be getting waitress and partners, number one, melt in the middle chocolate pudding. You know these. They're kind of chocolate sponge filled with velvety Belgian chocolate sauce made with Madagascan vanilla and a pinch of corner sea salt. <gasps> Delicious cream or ice cream. You're so right, Waitrose. And the sort of things, like, you cannot make these. I'm sure somebody can. Martha probably can. But in general, just buy them. Just buy them. Or... Uh, respond to Graham's guide and you might get one. Gary from Camberwell, very good advice. Uh, Sonia should buy a two-bed flat a little further away and arrange to let out the second room to a good friend at a good price. Smarts. But she has to be able to afford... She has to be able to borrow enough to buy a two-bedroom flat. That, you know, she might be looking at a studio or one bed. You never know. Sonia, stop paying... Oh, Cathy in Glasgow. Very, very exercised by this. Uh, stop paying other people's mortgages as soon as possible. Buying a home is an investment and is part of your pension. You could look at buying a two-bedroom place and getting a lodger in the short term on a short contract so you can get rid if necessary. But you might be able to buy in your preferred area and choose your lodger wisely. Okay. Dear Graham Maria, re-lady buying a house. As you already share with other people, why don't you buy a house and get a lodger or two in? It will be the same as you have been used to living, but your lodgers will be helping towards your mortgage repayments. That's from Daryl and Poole and Dorset. I like the way everyone's just assuming she's got this bottomless budget. If she could buy a house, she could probably buy a flat where she wants to live. That's the point. Uh, she can only borrow so much. The deposit is only so much. Uh, is there not a co-ownership scheme in England? There is, and I was going to mention it, and then I just thought, oh, I don't know anything about it, so I, I won't. So thanks, Tony from County Antrim, getting in touch. That's how I bought my first house. I bought 75% and rented 25% until I was in a position to buy the balance in... 12.5% parts. There you go. So, uh, I mean, Sonia, that is a thing. There might be housing associations or shared ownership things uh, in your area, so you could look into those. Uh, but just for a very quick fix, I'm going to give the uh, waitress partners, number one, Melt in the Middle Chocolate Puddings, to Gary in Camberwell. Graham's Guide. Oh. Thank you. Yes, the character we know and love. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Graham and Maria. <laughs> Dear Graham and Maria. As it's a leap year. Is it? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Let's talk about that for 15 minutes. Yeah, OK. <laughs> As it's a leap year, I thought about proposing to my partner of eight years. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Get the hint, whoever this letter's from. Well, wait. Wait, it goes on. He is loving, faithful and decent. However, 
I feel our families haven't blended in. We have very different parenting styles. I am very independent and I fostering self-sufficient children who contribute economically and pick up their own pieces. Pieces of what? He has not got custody of his children, overcompensates by giving in to his children's every whim and is the cool dad without any discipline or teaching them practical life skills, apart from gaming. <laughs> We're both in our 50s, and although my lot have flown the nest, they often visit. His children are 14 and 16. They don't help with anything around the house or even butter their own toast, make the bed or walk to school alone. My partner solely looks after them every weekend without any quality time with shared interests as a family, including with me and my children. My concern is that when they can choose who to live with, they'll move in and linger, while I'll lose my independence and freedom earned with much hard work. We're both divorced and because of family commitments, we live separately. Oh, but get on really well when we're alone together during the days and that when we're child-free. Should I keep quiet in harmony <laughs> or take a risk getting married and jeopardise my inner peace? Please help. That's from Mila in London. Mila's partner of eight years in London. Run for hills <laughs> now. She's going to ask you to marry. Slow down, Mila, slow down. If it ain't broke, why fix it? You've got a situation yeah. going on here. You've got your separate home so you don't have to worry about if his horrible children move in with you because they'll move in with him but it seems like you're trying to sort of micromanage everything about his life that you don't like or want um and your children of course are you know marvelous uh it's just his children that are horrible there's an awful lot going on in this that would say to me why do you want to change everything because at the moment he's got the rubbish bits to deal with with his own children and you've got a nice life you've worked hard for you've got your independence and you have separate homes but you can spend quality time together you know, why do you want to get married? I just don't really understand because you do list, you say, you know, he's lovely and charming and faithful and decent, but you list a catalogue of reasons things aren't working or maybe a catalogue of reasons things won't work in the future when you are, in inverted commas, married because presumably then you will share a house together. I would say don't share a house together ever. Well, I think that's the way forward in life. Sharing a house is horrible. And then you're always excited to see someone. I know, of course, it's more expensive for everyone. Maybe Mila is thinking about that. But you'll have his children living there and they'll contribute financially, <laughs> as well, we know. I think... I, 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 listen, if the only reason for getting married is it's a leap year, I really don't think that's a strong enough thing. I know, it's a nonsense, isn't uh, it? Yeah. So, one... After eight years, he's never mentioned it. So I honestly, Mila, I, 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 uh, that's not sounding great to bring it up. And also, why not just wait and see how these kids are in their 20s? You know, they may buck up a bit. They may get jobs. They may move away. In which case, you'll feel a little more confident. They about... may not want to live with their dad. You say they, they can choose who they live with. Yes, you're making it sound like they'll choose to live with their dad because he's such soft touch and takes them everywhere and they don't even have to go to school on their own. Or butter their toast. <laughs> that, that, that's the bit that really made me stop. It was like, what? Somebody butters their toast and they're 15. Uh, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But he's making up for an awful lot of stuff. He feels guilty and that's what kids <laughs> rely on. That, you know... <laughs> Now I love you, Daddy. You've butted my toast. <laughs> <laughs> I just think 
uh, just leave things as they are. He may say no anyway. He may say no. He's because so going to say no. You want to change so he many things. He's said the boo about it for eight years. Uh, you know, and now she's going, oh, it's the 29th of February. Let's do it. It's like she's woken up and thought, hmm, leap year. <gasps> leap year, you say. I'll yeah. propose. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We don't know whether they've discussed things or not. Certainly it's going to be cheaper to live together, but it sounds like a nightmare and you've listed all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. So I'm not sure why you wrote to us. Unless he moved in with you and uh, the stepchildren all hate you and then they won't come visit anymore. Yeah, so, be, yeah, be more wicked stepmother. Yeah. <laughs> Drive these children away. <laughs> don't be in when they're next home. I mean, just don't be in when so they can't get in. Yeah. And um, back, clatter the pans at yeah. quarter to seven. And and only we... buy margarine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the toast, Daddy, the toast. <laughs> it tastes funny, Daddy. <laughs> don't you love me? Um, <laughs> Dear Responses, part two is what's going on now. And again, my favourite responders will be getting a waiters and partners. Number one, melt in the middle chocolate pudding. Oz. There's two of them. Two of them. One each. Mandy and Habit. I think Mila has answered her own question. Of course things are perfect when you do get to spend time together because you are both making an effort. When the reality of everyday life kicks in, things are never perfect. You either accept him, his kids and all their faults, or you cut your losses and find someone more like you. Oh, wait a minute. Why? You don't need to break up with him. Marriage is on a magic pill that would make everything rosy. Oh, I think they can just chug on as they can, as they are, can't they, Mandy? Uh, Annie says, keep the meal of harmony. Keep the harmony. It's working well as it is. I would guarantee you a whole lot of issues to manage if you married. As Maria says, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Better for all concerned to value and enjoy the current relationship. You've been warned. Mila, asking him to marry you might highlight that you both want different things out of the relationship. If he answers no, I mean, that's the thing. How do you come back from that? How are you going to respond? Ignore it? It will force confrontation in the relationship, which could go a number of ways. Are you ready for that? It might be that the shelf life of the relationship has already expired. Or you could get closer and manage the children together. So says Karen. Uh, I'm going to give Annie the uh, waitress and partners number one melt in the middle chocolate puddings. There you go. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio. Barry Kilgan is what we saying. Kilgan, yeah. Now, has it always been Kilgan? Yeah, I mean, what else? Well, no, because I always said Kion, and then I was back in Ireland. No, there's, there's a G in there. I mean, I yeah. think, you know what, I think maybe we, my family probably pronounced it wrong, I'm not sure, but it, it, it seems like it should be Kion, I mean, because there's Kyo, right? Yeah. And you add on an A-N, yeah. it should be Kion. And then I heard Americans, and I thought, oh, Americans are so stupid. Got a, a, the, the Americans kind of get it right sometimes. No, Weirdly. but Kyogen, they would. And I mm. thought, I thought, oh, maybe you But then I was in Ireland <coughs> last weekend and everyone was saying Barry Kyogen. I Kyogen. thought, oh, no, oh, I'm an idiot. Go. I'm there the idiot. Go. So Barry Kyogen. Barry, Barry Kyogen. Kyogen. Uh, Means you... World Cub. Kyogen. <laughs> Kyogen. Take, take Kyogen. And uh, Masters of the Air mm-hmm. is uh, kicks off on uh, uh, Apple TV Plus next Friday, 26th of January. And mm. um, it is... Epic, you know, oh, I, like it, well, it seen is, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it is just, it's nuts that it this is. is a television program. I mean, it's you know what, <clears throat> we filmed that like three years ago, I think now. Um, so it's kind of mad to see it come back a bill. Um, um, no, it was, um, it was, um, it was, it was just epic. I mean, you know, what I mean, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, and you're going on to the tour installment there of Band of Brothers, and, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it was amazing. So you play Curtis Biddick. So Biddick, tell us yeah. about Curtis Biddick and his story. Um, well, I mean, he's, I don't want to give too much away, um, but he is, uh, he flies the B-17s. He's, he's the pilot and co-pilot sometimes to, uh, <clears throat> to, uh, Lieutenant Clevin. Um, and I mean, what Biddick kind of represents is, you know, the kind of firecracker of the group. You know, it kind of brings that humor in and that, <clears throat> that bit of cheeky chap and, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. He's, I don't want to give too much away. And this bombing squadron, it was real. They mm. they, they were based on. Mm. Are the characters based on yeah, real yeah, characters? Yeah, the characters are real. Yeah, I mean, I know the some lads. Um, I know Raf Raf Law reached out to his character's family. Um, oh wow! I got, yeah, I got to meet him at the premiere and and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they're all based on on real. And I was struck me, you know, as an actor, often, you know, you obviously you're trying to recreate emotion or whatever yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. but something like this is something you can't have ever experienced. All in the eyes, Graham. Okay, you know what I mean? all it the, is. All, it's all there. Actually, it bad really boys. is in the eyes because you're, you. you're all covered up. And um, how hard is that trying to kind of recreate what those guys would I have mean, been feeling? Do you know what? I mean, they had us on a crane and they had, you know, they had us in a dome and. Um, everything was just there for us they provided everything you know from little explosions in the cockpit and you didn't really have to do anything um, and I don't want to say that we felt anything what the lads felt but I mean they kind of got us to a place where you know we, we felt we felt we were up there and, and you yeah. know in, in it if you want to say that and also in I it. suppose because you filmed it over such a long period of time mm. presumably all the young actors in this thing you did kind of oh we did we, yeah we did I mean one thing I'd say is there was no egos you know everything was everyone was supportive and you know you had a lot of a lot of actors come in and it was that kind of forced gig so I mean to go onto a set like that um, is massively intimidating. I mean, even from from yourself and that. Um, but you had a lot of young actors and everyone was just really supportive. And you know, I mean, it can be a recipe of yeah, yeah. And actually, it struck me because you, you filmed it that that bit earlier, mm. but you were all clearly on this trajectory. Yeah. You know, there's you, there's um, yeah. Austin Butler, Austin. you know, Callum Turner, all these people who are on this shooting sort I mean, of. Did, did you did you kind of? Talk to each other. Did you kind of go? Oh, we never talked. No, no, we, we. Uh... <laughs> no, no, but like, did you debrief about kind of like uh, I wouldn't do no, that we, or no, you we know? Did, yeah, um, we had like I mean, Austin had had Elvis. You know, he was prepping, not prepping, but <clears throat> Elvis was was in the mix. Yeah. And, um, I remember remember him telling me about that, and everyone kind of had stuff on the rise. Um, but it kind of represents that new generation of actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, the way Band of Brothers and the Pacific did as well. Like, there was a whole generation of actors. And you got those big names as execs, like Tom Hanks and <clears throat> Steven Spielberg. Like, were they involved? Were they on set? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I met Steven... Steven. I met... You, you could call him Steven. Do you know what I mean? Steven. Um, I met the lads before it and um, chatted with them and, you know, anything that we needed or, you know, they, they had it for us, but... I mean, it's a Spielberg kind of production. It's yeah. you know. Because you auditioned for was it Ready Player One or? I did. When did you find that out? Uh, I, don't I know. said that somewhere. Didn't yeah, I? yeah, I read it somewhere. So you auditioned for that. So did Steven Spielberg remember you from that? I think so. I'd like to think that. Yeah. Um, well, he was there at your. He was there at the audition. Yeah. Yeah, he filmed it. Um, nah. Um, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd like to think he had me in mind since then. Um, I mean, that audition was was crazy as well. Getting to meet Spielberg and. When he had a camera in my face, and I just again it's surreal. But um, I think yeah, I think he would have remembered me. Well, he'd have certainly remembered if he didn't like you. So yeah. he must have. I mean, he must I mean, have, have remembered that. He, I think. Yeah, he remembered that. Yeah, you know he remembered that he did <clears throat> like you. So, Master of the Universe. It's is it nine hours? Nine hours. Is it six nine hours? hours? Nine hours long. 
Is it? No, it's not nine hours. Nine episodes. Oh, nine episodes. Nine, yeah, nine okay. hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that... Binge it, yeah. That's yeah. what we do these days. Okay. That's <laughs> bad. Nine hours, yeah. No, no Graham. It's only <laughs> half an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all in it. Um, and so in terms of your actual involvement, mm-hmm. I mean, how long were you on, on set on production? And, and actually filming? Um, I was going, Was it off and on? Off and on, yeah. I mean, I was pretty involved. I mean, we had to... Again, how do I say this? Well, spoiler alert. Um, I, I was filming oh. Banshees, so I had to kind of get in and out. Um, and yeah, it was pretty pretty full on. Yeah, I, mean, I love that idea of actors kind of you know going other stuff. Yeah, going other stuff. It must be so. No, the idea messy. of it is nice, right? But it's, it's it must always mess with your mind. It oh, really yeah, must definitely. mess with your mind going definitely. from uh, the other thing. So <clears> tell me this: I first became aware of you in Killing of the Sacred Deer oh, yeah. and American Animals. They both kind of came out, or at least they were in my. Mm. I saw them very close together. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, who the hell is that? Weird guy? little character that isn't it? Yeah. Oh, like bo- yeah, both of them. Yeah, but, uh, but, but <laughs> Martin. Yeah. What what is he, 14 or something? His name's Martin. I don't know. But it, it's... But I saw both of this and I was like, where the hell did this guy come from? So was it in back in Ireland, What, what was it love-hate that kind of... Lo- catap- yeah. Was that what been, kind of built? It would have been love-hate. Um, you know, I was doing it since love-hate and I was I was in a boxing club and stuff like that and kind of a street casting came about. <clears throat> um, and it was... Uh, I rang the number and, you know, was persistent and, and, and showing up to the audition and... I was kind of, uh, they were looking for actors with no no experience. So I said I'd give it a go and I showed up and when I showed up to a load of other my mates were there. Like So everyone kind of got the uh, the message. But it was from there that I um, I started to look into what it was that I was doing and the craft of it. And, you know, um, but yeah. And here I am. And, and you're learning on the job. So like we're particular directors really helpful to you mm. or were there other actors who were very helpful to you? Yeah, you learn, I mean, you know, you go from gig to gig and um, you kind of take bits and bobs and I'm always watching. I'm always watching to see what other actors are bringing or what method or what approach they have and, you know, I'm always curious the way they chose that direction or, and you're kind of just learning like traits and, and, and the tricks of it all but you're also growing as a person as well, each project, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. And in terms of, because what you've done, I think, really cleverly so far is, you know, you've been in very different things, mm-hmm. but really kind of top-notch, yeah, yeah. interesting things. Yeah. Is that all you or do you have a, a great team who are kind of going, <clears throat> OK, this is this is the next Barry Kogan thing? It'd be, it'd be all me. Um, <laughs> as I look at the camera, where's the camera? Which camera? Yeah, I don't know um, what camera you're nah, on. No, it'd be a combination. Um, you know, I've got a great team and you know basically family around me um but it's you know it is strategic and you want to kind of show range and you want to see how one part is different to the next yeah, yeah, part yeah, yeah. And, um i mean banshees was was quite a a, a, a cha- not a challenge but it was quite a different direction for me and i was totally up for it but um you know it's always trying to you know separate them and and the filmmaker as well and um I mean, it's a combination. Yeah, it's a combination. but but I think like obviously you're in a big prestige TV drama like Masters of the Air, Banshees of Inisherin. And now, like no one could have predicted how Salt crazy Burn. Saltburn would go. Uh, I mean, it's just it's, it's ever, crazy. It's mad. It, it is everywhere. I've seen someone get a tattoo of the graveyard scene on their leg. What? On their leg? Yeah, on their leg, right? I mean, I thought they're back, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> on their leg, I was like, their wow. Legs difficult. Yeah. Show out. But anyways, um, nah, just being. You know, and Jacob Alordi candles and... 
Oh yeah, did um, you um, did you watch him? He hosted Saturday Night Live. Sat- last I was night. watching it last night. Yeah. Oh, were you watching it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm jet lag, so I'm up like at four. But not that's not the only reason why I watched it. Um, <laughs> I love Jacob, and, but uh, nah, um, someone has a tattoo of a graveyard scene on the leg. That that's keen. That's keen. I'm there, like just yeah. lying on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's only the, it's the start of the graveyard scene. It's not the yeah yeah you know yeah not there yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I hear you. I hear you. So you've done these iconic things, really iconic parts. So is there like pressure on kind of like oh my, what can I do now? What what's going to be next? Or are yeah. you going to go? Are you going to do something much more kind of low key? Do you know what? It's um, I I want to do Billy the Kid next. It's a it's a project that I've had in my um, you know, in my mind for a long long while, and <clears throat> we're trying to get that going. But yeah, everything is. I is mean, this like the outlaw, Billy outlaw, the Kid? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to. Yeah, every every choice is going to be. You know, I'm cautious of every choice now and trying to stir away from that saltborn kind of character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, maybe I can't. Maybe I, I won't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited Go to do see animation. What you, or, no, I, I'm excited to see what you do next. Thank you. I've enjoyed everything you've done so Thank far. You. It's just been, you know, because. For a young actor to kind of break through in that way is really hard, and oh, you, you did it man. so like effortlessly. Just... It's not effortlessly; it's uh, a lot of. <laughs> I was just sitting there; it was really you know easy. What I, mean? <laughs> I like to come across natural, like it's easy, but you know, uh, we'll see. Well, it's well. I'm so impressed by you, uh, Barry you. Kogan. Barry get, Kogan. When you get me on your show, yeah, this is my show. Uh, in the mix, I heard. No, on the show, show. You know what I mean? Get me on that your couch. real show. This is a rehearsal. <laughs> uh, Barry Kogan, let's get out before we're, yeah. we're good. Before before, I say any more? Yeah, before he says any more, we go any further. Uh, Masters of the Air. That's what we're telling you about. It premieres globally on Apple TV Plus Friday, the 26th of January. Two episodes will uh, be then, and then it's every Friday another episode comes out till you've seen Thank all you, nine. Uh, Lovely to see you. Thank Thanks you. for Thank uh, you. schlepping in on a Sunday. Thank you. Thank uh, enjoy you. the rest of your weekend. You. Take care, Barry. Thanks, Still to come, there's a Peter Capaldi themed version of Word Up. But first, ding ding. <gasps> Here she comes now, Martha Collison. It's a trolley, not a car, but <laughs> <laughs> a slow trolley. <laughs> a very slow trolley. You need to be careful, precious contents. Uh, what's on the trolley today? So, today we have got, it's actually got two names. So, first name. Apple and mixed berry crumble with nuts and seeds. Gotcha, gotcha. The other name is 30 in a week crumble. 30 in a week crumble. 30 in a week crumble. So this is a recipe that is kind of hails from, I don't know if you've heard about this new kind of, it's like, I don't know if I call it a diet or it's just like the health movement mm-hmm. where you eat 30 plants in a week. That's supposed to be your aim. Not just 30 plants, but minimum 30 plants. Which sounds daunting. You think, oh my goodness, how many... That's I can do five a day, but I can't do thirty a week. But five a day is thirty a week, isn't it? <laughs> That's true, actually. Seven fives are what? But thirty different. Plants. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a key. Yeah, <laughs> a key yeah. part. So thirty different plants in your week, and it's supposed to be really good for kind of like improving your gut health and diversity of I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist, but all of the things that are happening inside your body. Yeah, yeah, stuff. And I'm kind of for this because a lot of diets are like, you know, don't eat that, don't eat that. This is like, eat more. Yeah. (laughs) Eat 30, and it includes things like nuts, seeds, spices, anything that's been grown. So how many of our 30 are in this crumble? So in this crumble, you've got 17. Wow, (laughs) that sort of put me off. (laughs) Oh, okay, how many vegetables have gone into this? Yeah, this tastes so healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so it's got 17. I've served it with custard. Yay! The recipe suggested yoghurt, but I thought, nope, we're not doing it. We're having custard. You can't have yoghurt. You can't have crumble with Not yogurt. on top of 17 <laughs> different types of plants. Exactly. Yeah. But it's still obviously got sugar and all the things that make crumble delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. just also has 
all of these you're quite well on your way if one dessert's given you 17. Yeah, suddenly 30 a week seems very achievable. Yeah, you can do, <laughs> you can do hundreds. Yeah. Eat carrot on the way to work, I'm done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lovely. And in terms of, because I mean, crumble, I think one of the things people like about crumble is it is a very fast, quick dessert, but people kind of think, oh, it's coming out of the oven and it smells lovely. Is this one way more complicated because of the 30 or 17 ingredients? Do you know what? I actually thought it was quicker than a regular crumble in some ways, mainly because it's made with rapeseed oil instead of butter. So okay. there's none of that rubbing to make the topping. It was all just stirring it all together. I was. It came together in a flash. Okay, this could take a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> off we go. I promise you I won't reel off the name of every single seed that goes in. Um, but we're starting with the base of the crumble, which is apple and mixed berry. So we're taking a nice big Bramley apple, one of those ones that's a little bit tart and sour, mm. peeling it, cutting it into chunks, stick that into a big roasting tin, and then you're adding a tart, like a punnet of frozen essential mixed berries. So you find these in the freezer section. You've got four or five in there. They go yeah. in with your apples. Then we're squeezing over an orange, adding in the zest as well, a little bit of muscovado sugar and tossing that all together. And that's your kind of base ready to go. Gorgeous. Then we're going to make our crumble topping. So the rest of our muscovado sugar goes into a bowl with some wholemeal plain flour, some cinnamon, some roasted hazelnuts, some mixed seeds and some almonds. But the good thing about this kind of recipe is it's not too prescriptive. Mary Grin, who's written the recipe, she runs under a busy mum cooks, I think, and she says, use whatever you've got. Okay. <laughs> you've not got hazelnuts, use almonds. If you've not got almonds, use walnuts. Like, it won't make a huge difference. If you know nuts, leave them out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they go in and then some oats and then we're adding rapeseed oil, which is what's going to make it clump together. So two yeah. tablespoons of rapeseed oil is all you need. And it clumps it all together into this lovely nutty, it's really full of texture and full of flavour because it's got so many different things going in, going on in there. That goes over the top of your fruit. Then you want some flaked almonds over the top of that just for a little bit of, you know, nice little look mm. in the oven. Then it goes into the oven 45 to 50 minutes. And that's done. Nice and simple. Didn't even have to get your hands dirty. And you haven't even said the word vegan. No, but, but that is. is vegan. Yeah, it is vegan, there and it is delicious. It's a really full, sweet taste sensation. Mm. It's gorgeous. I mean, obviously, you couldn't have the custard. Well, actually, there is vegan custard you can buy, but um, yeah. it's quite nice. Actually. Or vegan ice cream, something yes. like that would be not really nice. Or your your coconut yogurt or something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Really simple. Uh, wow. Well, that is delicious. And, I mean, uh, yeah, there's lots of sugar in it, but it, 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 it feels sort of healthy. I mean, not to, three tablespoons of sugar. I feel like you could almost get away with having some breakfast, <laughs> you know? Is that... <laughs> there's only three tablespoons of sugar in that? Yeah. Wow, because it tastes so sweet. I guess it's the fruit, yeah. I think it's the fruit and some of the nuts, I guess, have a na nice natural sweetness to them. It is gorgeous. Uh, if you don't check out that recipe, you can go to waitrose.com slash showchef uh, or you could check out the visuals on our socials at Virgin Radio UK. Uh, thank you very much, Martha. Have a lovely week and I'll chat to you next weekend. Thank you. See you next weekend. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word up, word up. Word up. We're in the middle of it, ladies and gentlemen. We're at the meat of the matter. Someone could be about to win a Graham Norton Waitrose gift box, including a reusable drinks cup, Waitrose Boot Champagne, Salted Caramel Truffles, Aged Balsamic Vinegar Bondina. It's a it's a box of goodies. Uh, first up, we've got uh, Claire. Hello, Claire. Hello. Hey, there she is. And uh, where are you, Claire? Um, I'm in Norfolk. Lovely. Any particular part of Norfolk? Or? Well, um, near Hunstanton, West Norfolk. Yeah, let's not be too specific. Yeah. <laughs> OK. And uh, what are you heading up to this Sunday, Claire? 
Well, not much. I'm under my heated blanket in front of the fire, oh, listening that, to the wind. That sounds so lovely. I was at someone's house yesterday, and they had a heated blanket on the sofa as well, and I, oh. it, it was a revelation. It really is. It really is. I, I advise everyone to get one. Yeah. No, seriously. It's yeah. It it. Yeah, it's better than an air fryer, I'd say. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I have one of those as well, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, you're looking for this missing word. Are you confident? Do you think you know what it is? I think so, yes. And But now I'm on the radio, I'm all in a bit of a panic that I don't know anything. Well, no, you're fine, Claire. Relax, be calm. And okay. all I'll say is we're not being clever, right? Okay. So it's, whatever you think it, the word is, it's, whatever obvious word you think it might be, it probably is that. Let's play it right. and see see what you can, see what you're getting. Here we go. Okay. What I've just described, what happened, is the showbiz version, as you know. <laughs> because, because we're on the and we have to deliver, we A have story. to compact and alter the truth <laughs> to make it more fun. <laughs> okay. the, the truth was more long drawn out and less humorous. All right, Claire, what do you think the missing word is? I think it's radio. You think it's radio? Let's see if you're I right. What's oh, very tense. What I've just described, what happened, is the showbiz version, as you know. <laughs> because, because we're on the radio and we have to deliver. <laughs> we have to there was loads of people on the line waiting after you. They're all disappointed oh, now because I'm you were sorry. so clever. You were so <laughs> clever. Uh, well done. That uh, that Graham North Waitrose gift box is winging oh, its way it. uh, to Norfolk. Congratulations. Superb. Thank you. Is there anyone you'd like to say hello to apart from the manufacturer of your heated blanket? Uh, I'd like to say hello to my mum who's listening to the radio in the other room. <laughs> what, has she been kicked out from under the blanket? She, yes, yes. <laughs> she's shivering in the other room while you, while is, you win she things. <laughs> She'll be crawling back in once you hang, once you hang up. Be, <laughs> or, or she got the pets. Have you any? Have you animals? I feel like if I lived I in Norfolk, surely you've got animals. Yes, yes, I have two cats. Oh, lovely. Yes, so, I'm a mad cat woman. Okay, so you, your mother can uh, hold them while, she, while she's yes, shivering yes, in the other room. Yes, Marvellous. Claire, uh, it's been lovely to talk to you and oh, you've indeed. inspired me to do some online shopping. So, yes, uh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> enjoy the rest of your Sunday and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank All you. right, take care of yourself. And bye, you. Claire. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks so much for listening today. You can catch me every Saturday and Sunday from 9.30 on Virgin Radio. Follow us on all our socials to keep up to date and make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK and you'll find loads of great interviews and live sessions. Until next time. The Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. Food to feel good about. Virgin Radio.